Welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Brooklyn Storm and I help private practice owners align their business back with their soul's calling, with their big vision and with their soul's purpose. Unlike other private practice coaches, I've traveled the world in search of spiritual resources, spiritual tools, education and information so that you can have the transformation that your soul desires and needs so that you can up-level your business. How much fun is this? I love it so much. Guys, if you're not already a member of the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group, please check out the show notes. I would love for you to be there. In the meantime, thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm so pleased that you're here. Thank you for pushing play on another episode. Welcome to all of the new subscribers. Today, I'm so, so, so excited because clients are booking in to the Clients on Demand program, which teaches you how to fill the diary. And this is so, so, so much fun. And of course, one of the big reasons I love it is because we do get to talk about the energetics of client attraction. (laughs) So it's great for people like us that love talking about spirituality, but I'm really excited because this program came as a bit of a download and an inspiration. And uh, it's nice to see people taking it up. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to get started. There's still, I think I haven't checked this morning, but last night before I went to bed, there were five places remaining. So if you want to go and check it out, please do. But otherwise, let's get on with the show. So today, what we're doing is talking about how can we build confidence during those initial sessions with clients. And you know what? I think as practitioners, confidence, like anything, comes and goes. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I know that there are times in my practice over, I don't know, decades where I felt really confident and then there were times that I didn't. So it's not something that only relates to newbies and it doesn't matter how many qualifications you've got. Um, I don't subscribe to the idea necessarily that somebody with a master's is, you know, a better counsellor than someone with a diploma. My belief is, you know, if you're good at building relationships, then you're going to be a fantastic counsellor because at the end of the day, that's the best predictor. I think you can... um, maybe do more or or do some different things the higher up that you go. But I don't think that that really impacts your confidence. And I'm saying this from a place of somebody who has multiple postgraduate degrees, including a PhD, and my confidence has certainly waned and been knocked about in my career in private practice, uh, irrespective of my qualifications. So I just want to you know, assure you that it doesn't matter what level of education you've got, your confidence is going to, you know, well, I was going to say come and go, but it will be strong at some times. And there'll be other times where it's a little bit more wobbly. And that kind of depends on what are external factors in private practice. So some of those external factors are, you know, if you just knew, I remember being so nervous when I had my first few sessions, you know, I was really nervous. And my first few sessions were observed. So I was even more nerve wracking having, you know, the teacher watching me and the tutor watching me. And then this didn't improve. So I don't, do well when I'm getting watched. Uh, Turns out I 
you know, say all of the wrong things and I make big mistakes because I'm not being present. I'm more worried about stuffing it up and then I say something that stuffs it up because I know I'm being watched. Um, this did not improve for me even with uh, postgraduate qualifications at Monash University where we had to be video recorded, you know, for six sessions and then we were audio recorded for six sessions and oh, just the fact that someone's recording me just throws me off entirely. So I know that that's probably not fantastic for me. Yeah, when I was just starting out and I was doing it by myself without being watched, I was a lot more comfortable and settled into things a lot more easily and everything just kind of flowed. But at the same time, uh, there is a learning curve. You need to be able to find your groove when it comes to counselling because no two counsellors are the same. Even though we all learn about different therapeutic modalities, we all bring our own flavour, our own unique energetic blueprint to those counselling sessions. Um, and that's really important to not only understand, but to embrace, embrace that while we all have the same level of education, like, you know, the people I went through my master's with, we all learned the same stuff. Yet, if you went and had a session with each of us, you'd have a very different experience. And um, that's the beautiful thing about counselling. Each relationship is different okay the energy of each relationship is different and I think that once you understand that that's absolutely going to support you in feeling a lot more confident but when I first started out one of the things that really supported me in terms of feeling confident was to have an intake form with me and can you believe I'm like I'm oh this is so embarrassing to say very daggy um but I did have a clipboard I mean it was before iPads <laughs> that's how old I am um I had a clipboard can you believe uh one of those old wooden ones and I printed off from the mental health handbook I don't even know if that's still a book it probably is but if you can get your hands on it definitely do because it is so thick and it's full of um worksheets that you're able to print off and use in sessions it's got worksheets for anxiety depression self-esteem confidence relaxation everything it's such a fantastic book um after i bought the book it then came out on a cd so i'm sure now you can probably just download it online but it was called the mental health handbook and um I printed off, they had an intake form there. Well, they had a few, but I just printed off a very basic one and I was doing genograms and doing all of that sort of fun stuff. And I would just work through that. And what I noticed was after a while, I came to know it, I guess because of the repetition, I came to know what the next question was, or I came to just inherently know uh, what the next step was. And so in the end, I didn't really need the intake forms anymore and I stopped photocopying them and I stopped bringing them into the session and I uh, was writing notes while, you know, I was in sessions with clients and I never felt comfortable doing that. And so what I realised was after some time of doing the sessions that I didn't need to be taking the notes in the session and my experience of making my notes after the client had left before I saw my next client was that the quality of my notes improved when I stopped taking notes in session. 
And I, looking back on that, I think the reason that the quality of my notes and the quality of my work improved was because I was more present. I was there with the client, um, 100% giving them my full attention. And I think that that's what made the difference in terms of the quality of the therapy that I was providing. It also made a big difference in terms of, as I mentioned, the quality of my notes, but also my confidence. My confidence just grew the less that I did, if that makes sense. So the less papers I took in, my confidence grew. The less notes I was taking in a session with the client in front of me, my confidence grew. That's what I mean by that statement. But there were also times um, later on in my career where I did have, you know, very, very stressful times. I think, um, I don't know, no, I don't know if I've shared this with you. I know it's been a couple of years that we've had this podcast, but I don't think I've shared this with you. But there was a time I was doing job capacity assessments with Centrelink and we did, we, pro- we provided counselling as part of that. And um, anyway, I wasn't in Centrelink. We were contracted to DHHS or something to provide them. And I was working for Medibank Health Solutions at the time. And I was in a office in Frankston and this office was a corner office. I know what a cliche, right? It was a corner office and it overlooked the water. It was right on Frankston Beach. It overlooked the water. It was, you know, a lovely, lovely space to work in. And anyway, I arrived and I noticed that there was somebody sitting next to the elevator when I got off and, you know, they were obviously in a not a great state. Um, I offered them a drink of water and everything and I explained I'll be with them shortly. They're very early for their appointment. Anyway, um, I didn't start work till 8.30, but I thought, well, you know what, they're sitting out there. I'll just bring them in now. You know, I don't want to waste their time and I'm not doing anything, so I'll just see them early. So I took them in and I, you know, was setting up and I was just trying to make small talk, trying to build the rapport and everything. And anyway, um, long story short, I ended up being assaulted. And uh, what happened as a result of that was, well, looking back, I was obviously in shock Um I didn't realise that it was traumatic at the time. I was just kind of caught up in, uh, this was my thinking. I didn't want anybody, I didn't want any of my other clients to be put out and I felt I was too short notice to cancel other clients and things like that. So despite um, people telling me I needed to go home, I needed to go to the doctor and I needed to go and do all of this stuff, I didn't. I stayed and I saw the day out and, uh, you know, then what happened was, uh, my boss told me, you know, oh, you need to, you know, go and see your doctor and do all of this sort of stuff. Like, anyway, um, and then that night, I guess it still hadn't hit me. And the next day I went back to work and it happened a second time, a totally different client it happened a second time. And it turned out both of these clients had recently been released from prison and um, I don't know, I whatever, but I was assaulted again, so twice within these 48 hours. And I guess that's when it hit me (laughs) and that's when I guess my confidence was 
shaken after that. Like I didn't want to go back into that building. I didn't want to go and do those job capacity assessments anymore. I didn't want to, you know, do that work anymore. But I kind of felt like I had an obligation or I needed to. I kind of was saying, well, there are people that need me. And do you know what I mean? Like I was just messed up at that point. Anyway, um, of course, I took time off and I healed and recovered and all of that sort of stuff. But when I when it was time for me to go back, uh, my confidence was not where it normally is. I doubted everything that I was doing. Um, I was scared. Anytime the phone would ring and reception would say, your next client is here, I would have a mini panic attack um, thinking, what are they going to be like? Am I safe? Uh, Are there, well, this was my thinking, I'll be totally honest, but I was thinking to myself, are there big men around the office today that can help me if I get assaulted again? Um, That was my thinking. And, uh, you know, do people know that I'm here? And uh, am I sure that this emergency button's working under the desk and all of that stuff? So it was just panic every single time a client was coming. And, um, you know, I started to doubt my confidence in my counselling skills back then because what ended up happening was I got called in for a meeting with my manager at the time who, you know, had questions about how does this happen? How does one woman be assaulted twice in in the space of 24 or 48 hours, whatever it was? Uh, And I felt like I was being questioned. I felt like my counselling style was being questioned, even though I'd been doing this job for over 20 years. I felt like, why are they questioning me? Um, They were asking me questions about how did I open the session? How did I do this? How did I do that? You know, I was a senior psychologist at the time um, and they connected me with another senior psychologist from another state. And, you know, for support in inverted quotes, but I was starting to interpret this as doubt in my ability to do my job. Um, Am I good enough at at what I'm doing? Uh, Why am I suddenly getting, I felt like I was being monitored now. Um, I'm sure they were just keeping an eye on me for my health and well-being, but my state of mind at the time was that I was being, like my approach was suddenly being questioned for no apparent reason. Anyway. It turned out that the first person, just to give you the background, turned out the first person that assaulted me was um, having a psychotic break. Um, Mental health team were called and all of that sort of stuff. The second person was just angry and had a history of violence and had recently been released from prison for assault. So it was just a pattern. And the purpose of them coming in for a job capacity assessment, for those that don't know, is it's to assess somebody's capacity to go to work and it can result in them losing their payments or having their payments changed or altered and I guess when you're messing with people's money it's very very scary for some people and so that's what happened it was just unfortunate that I had two events happen in such a short space of time but anyway the point is that because I was struggling and anxious and upset about everything that happened and I I then became doubtful of myself and so what happened was you know what we focus on expands we see more of so then what happened was I had the lens on of self-doubt like what am I doing to attract this how did I contribute to these two events taking place all of that sort of stuff and then to go into head office in the city and have to have these big conversations with people and da 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 it 
I was filtering all of that through my lens of self-doubt. And so that's what I saw. I saw more self-doubt. I saw people uh, doubting me. That wasn't actually what was happening, but that was the lens that I had. And so I found it really difficult to get back on the horse and resume counselling and um, in, in, a, in a way that felt good for me and aligned for me and all of those sorts of things. What ended up happening was the way that I got my confidence back was first off, you know, very Maslow hierarchy of needs. First off, I had to, of course, make sure I was safe and secure. And, and so once all of that was taken care of, then I was feeling more comfortable going back and doing counselling. When I started doing the counselling, I was very apprehensive, not knowing who was coming through, what, all of that sort of stuff. And I just made a point of dotting I's and crossing T's. And I didn't focus so much on, well, I still wanted to build the therapeutic relationship, but I guess I went back to my default of making sure I was doing all of the right things, um, getting all of the information I needed, as I said, crossing I's and dotting T's. That didn't mean going back over an intake form, but there was a process to doing the job capacity assessments. And so I just went back to that. Whereas before I'd done hundreds of them, if not a thousand, and it was just second nature for me to roll the interview uh, off the top of my head. And I could zig and zag through different parts of the interview and navigate that interview very, very easily and still make sure I got all of the essential information that was needed in order for you know the report to be completed. But now what happened was I went back to basics and I thought, no, nope, we're just going to go through this section by section by section. I found myself taking control more of the um, counselling sessions that I was having with those clients. Um, and it was really just a matter of allowing myself to re-familiarise myself with, okay, this is the process. So once somebody had a job capacity assessment back then, they were able to access five counselling sessions with me or with the person who did their assessment or with somebody else. But anyway, they got these five extra sessions of counselling. And, you know, the, there was for the psychologist, there was a requirement of, well, it's got to be five sessions and you need to cover these things. And uh, where I was contracting to at the time, they had their own sort of mini programs, if you like, like CBT programs or solution focused programs or whatever it was. And so we had these little um uh, manuals that we had to work through each session with clients and give them handouts and all of this sort of stuff. So it was very structured. And so I was able to lean into the structure again, get back to that. Whereas in, in the past, I'd just been able to, you know, flow with the conversation more easily and trust that we'd get where we needed to go in the end. But I found that leaning back into the basics really helped me to reconnect with my confidence. And so those were some of the key things that really helped me. The other thing that really helped me was having fantastic supervision and connecting in with that more regularly. So I increased my supervision. Uh, that was amazing. It was a safe space for me to be able to express what I was feeling, what I was going through in the sessions with my clients, how I was um, handling certain things 
And also to get some feedback, some objective feedback that, do you know what? You're fine. You're on the right track. And that was having that external reassurance from somebody I respected to know that I was doing it right and that I was on the right track helped my confidence so, 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 so much. The other thing that really helped me was debriefing daily. And by that, I mean, I had uh, a couple of really good friends, other contractors that I was working with. And we would meet up before work for coffee. We would go to lunch together. We would have a coffee after work. We would talk, you know, she would be driving home. I'd be on the train and we'd be on our mobile phones for the journey, you know, talking to each other. And it was just really helpful to be able to have that opportunity to debrief, um, just being so available during during that stage. And do you know what? then it was just a matter of keep doing the work, keep doing the work. And very quickly, my my confidence, thankfully, my confidence got back to where it needed to be. Um, And that helped me so, 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 so much. So I feel if you want to increase your confidence, either as a new person, as a new person, my advice would be print off the forms that you like look online see if you can find the mental health handbook it's fantastic i'll see if i can find it and put a link for you but get an intake form that you really like the look of or maybe if you got given one in your course use that or yeah look online ask in the groups if anybody's got a very simple one that they really enjoy using and ask them if they're happy to share it but Get your hands on a couple of forms and find the one that you really like the best. It doesn't have to be an intake form. Maybe it's a first session interview. I think that's what it was called in the mental health handbook. Um, but but do that. Uh, I think too that that will help you because structure always helps, especially if you're not someone who is yet comfortable with sitting with the silence with clients. When the silence, I think sometimes as therapists, when we're starting out or when our confidence isn't where it needs to be, we feel the need to fill that silence. The way that I see silence is it's giving the client a chance to process something that's been said, something that's coming up for them. So remember that the silence is not about you. It's space for them to in their own minds receive whatever's coming up and and unpack it and they will start talking again when they're ready. Uh, So that would be a couple of things. If you're someone like me who went through a little bit of a trauma there and you're nervous and you know worried about going back to work, of course, lean into all of the supports that you have available to you, depending on your circumstances. Maybe you have a therapist yourself. Maybe you have work cover or work safe. Maybe you uh, have a team leader or if you're in private practice, lean into your supervision, you know, maybe even join group supervision, like double up on the supervision, Um, get yourself counseling if you're needing counseling for trauma or anything like that that may have happened. Um, It's going to be around that collegial support, but also support from someone who's on the outside so that they can give you that safety net. Uh, because that will help you feel more confident to pick up and move forward. And then I think when you're out there, oh, and then get experience, get back in the room 
and maybe offer shorter sessions or maybe instead of going back to a full day, go back to just one or two clients a day for a little while um, and, and slowly build up. Maybe instead of doing it every day, do it, you know, every second day for a few weeks. Just allow yourself time to, to build up that confidence. And then I think after more time has passed and when it's the right time for you, maybe reflect on, you know, why it happened or the lessons that you learned or how many ways has has this event that happened helped you to become a more effective therapist? How is it helping you to become more effective as a practitioner? Um, and really allow yourself to integrate the the learnings and the growth because they will be expansive. I feel for me that was one of the things that really turned it around, um, understanding that, you know, when I was ready, understanding that there were lessons, that it has made me a more improved counsellor for, for myself, for the standards I set for myself, that it was an expansive experience um, and that it's helped me understand trauma and that that helps me with clients that I work with that have a trauma background themselves because I have that sense of, um, you know, I feel like I can relate to those people perhaps a little differently to how I might have been able to relate to them in the past. So, I think understanding and integrating are very, very important aspects for you to start to continue to build that confidence and continue the beautiful work that you do because you know what? The universe only knows there are so many people that really, 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 really need you. And um, you do you do this job for a reason. You were called to this job for a reason. And you, you are an amazing, giving, generous, loving, altruistic person who wants nothing more than to hold space so that others can heal themselves. And, you know, you want to be able to continue to do this work for as long as it feels right for you to do it. And not everyone was born to do it, but you were. And I want you to acknowledge that and sit with that. There are people that need what you do, okay? So there, my shares around the ways that I rebuilt my confidence in private practice and hopefully some of what I learned will be helpful to those of you that needed to hear a share about somebody else's experience with rebuilding confidence in private practice as a, as a therapist, as a practitioner. Um, I guess the only other thing that I want to share with you is some people were speaking yesterday, just in other news, in the ACPPO about having dips in client bookings at the moment being January and you know questioning why that might have been and wondering what they could do about it and if that's you um, and maybe you're not in the Facebook group that's fine because we've got lots of people who joined but they don't love social media but they do listen to the podcast and then we've got other people who don't listen to the podcast or be on Facebook but they read the emails <laughs> and then we've got people who consume everything and so sometimes if that's you you may have seen the same content um three times in one day but thank you for being so on it I, I love you and appreciate you very very much but for those of you who don't know 
there is uh, a program that I've created for you that's going to help you with these dips. The dips are going to happen, but they don't need to happen to the level that they have when it comes to your bookings, your inquiries and your referrals. What I'm going to teach you in this program is how to set the practice up so it doesn't happen like this in the next year, uh, not to the same level. You'll leave knowing exactly what to do, what systems to put in place, what to say in your marketing, what to say in your messaging so that you don't have to suffer through, you know, months of paucity of referrals and inquiries and bookings in your private practice. Okay. Now, if you want to go and check that out, click the show notes below. Once you do that too, um, you'll also receive a free masterclass from me. So if you want to access the free masterclass, uh, there's also a PDF. Uh, Just click the link below and um, that's my gift to you. I hope that you love it. I hope you enjoy it and I hope that it helps you with getting referrals for your beautiful solo private practice. For those of you who are considering joining, awesome. I would love to have you. There are five places remaining. There's a brand new payment plan. It's just $100 a month. And what else was I going to say? we the doors to enrollment close on Thursday okay so you still got well 24 hours from when this goes live (laughs) to enroll okay so thank you so much for listening I hope this was super duper helpful and uh, I'll see you next time have a beautiful week everybody bye for now Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast today. If you're looking for clarity, if you need help with branding, your processes and bringing everything into alignment with your soul's purpose for your private practice, head to the show notes and click the link for more information about the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group. You are going to love it. I can't wait to see you in there. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.